and welcome to PW Kids Cast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm John Sellers, the children's reviews editor at Publishers Weekly. Today I'm speaking with Charlie Higson, whose books for young readers include the Young Bond series and the Enemy series of zombie horror novels. In the Enemy books, humans over the age of 16 have been transformed into flesh-eating monsters, which are also called sickos, leaving children and younger teens to struggle to survive in the aftermath. In June, the fifth book in the Enemy series, The Fallen, will be published in the U.S. by Hyperion, which is sponsoring this podcast. Charlie, thanks for speaking with me. That's my pleasure. So the new book, uh, The Fallen, has already been out for several months now, I think, in, in Great Britain. Uh, what, what has the response been like from readers over there? Oh, it's been it's been really good. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting writing a long ongoing series like this, where there's a lot of story and a, you know a lot of returning characters. The series was originally only going to be a trilogy, but it's sort of expanded. So, uh, it, and it's been really interesting just seeing how far you can take it with the story and and how willing kids are to go along with that and find out what's happening to their favorite characters. And is your plan at this point still to stick with what I think is a, a seven book arc uh, for the series? Uh, yes, it's going to be seven. I think that's enough. <laughs> it is like writing one very, very long book. And I've sort of spent so long in this world now that I, I feel like I'd like to come up for air and try something else. So I'm working now on the last book in the series here. And, you know, th- obviously there will be, there's always a sort of great sense of loss and regret when you when you finish the series and move on to something else. But but it, But it's nice to think, okay, let's do something else now. Uh, I did notice that the... Uh that final book appears to be titled The End, so I guess that makes it uh, pretty clear. Yes. Yeah. Well, I might do a, a George R. R. Martin and do The End Part 2. <laughs> so do you, do you end up getting a lot of outcry from readers when a, when a certain character uh, meets an untimely end? Well, I do, actually. And, it, and it's quite interesting because I use Twitter a lot, and I think a lot of writers do because we're all stuck in our little rooms all around the world by ourselves, and it's a great way to to keep in touch with other writers and also with your readers. And I think it's something that writers didn't really have before other than, than fan mail, that, that way that you can eavesdrop on conversations that your, your readers might be having with each other. And certainly there's been one or two characters that have really upset people that, 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 that I killed them off. Um, but, but I think that's quite good. I, um, we don't want to sort of spoon-feed kids and teenagers and, and sort of have everybody having a happy ending. And I think it gives, gives more of an emotional depth to the books. I think it makes the books more frightening as well if the readers can think, you know, oh, my God, any, any of these kids could die. I mean, in retrospect, there have been a couple that I've killed off that I wish I'd kept because they were really good characters. <laughs> so even in a world full of zombies, death still has a little bit of meaning, I guess. Uh... Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, I mean, the, the, my books tend to be read by all different ages, particularly here in England, you know, there'll be kids as young as, you know, 10 or 11 reading it and older teenagers reading the books, but and also adults reading it. And it's interesting that the, the adults seem to get more upset uh, and frightened almost than the kids. I mean, kids just like a bit of gore and they're, they're not so... Um, aware of the consequences of violence and, and the sort of uh, the, the really sort of deep emotional hurt. They, they just like a bit of gore and, and splatter. Uh, but I, I do find that it's the older readers who tend to get more disturbed by the books. 
just as the sort of initial excitement of one of your book's publications starts to slow down in Britain, I feel like then it's, it starts to come out in the U.S. Uh, is it at all strange for you to have this sort of ongoing lag where you, can, you almost get to celebrate every single book at least twice in a big way, you know, every six months or so? <laughs> Well, it's a bit, it's a bit weird, and it, it sometimes gets confusing because I've just finished. In fact, the, just this morning, I finished going through the proof copy of the next book in the series, The Hunted. So, and and I've already written the last one, so I'm kind of two books ahead. Uh, and and that is one of the strange things about doing the series is is that at any one time you've sort of got to have three books in your head. There's be the one, the one that you're talking about to the the public, and there'll be the one that you're sort of finishing off through the technical stages and there'll be the the one that you're actually writing and um, you've got to keep reminding yourself who you're speaking to and how much they've actually read but you know I, th- I think this happens more and more in publishing and certainly the sort of for, for younger readers is that publishers want a, a, a brand you know a, a series that they that they can keep promoting and certainly you know in terms of fighting for space on the bookshelves you know and it happens with you know even really big big writers who unless they keep writing another book in the series the the book bookstores are, are less inclined to keep the rest of the books on the shelf so you know i i don't want to be boring and talk about it completely as a kind of business but but you know as a writer you have to you do have to bear in mind all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and has the series been a lot to juggle over the past years i I feel like your pace has been pretty much about a book a year yeah, I, I, since I started writing for, for younger readers, I, I've, I've tried to maintain a book a year. If I could do two a year, I would, but I just, uh, I'm getting too old for that. <laughs> uh, because, you know, you, you're aware that you don't have necessarily have those readers for very long. Um, it'll be seven years by the time I finish this series. So if I think, you know, if a kid started reading it maybe when they were 12, 13 years old, the beginning of the series, they're going to be in their 20s when it ends. And, you know, are you going to be able to keep reading? for that long it, it, it's an in, it's an interesting thing mm-hmm. now i feel like we live in a, a somewhat spoiler phobic culture so you know like you said you don't know where people have read and how far they are but do you have a sense at this point i mean you're already into the final book do you have you known for a while where you think you're taking it how it's all going to end if you can talk about it in broad unspoilery terms because i did originally envisage it as a trilogy i had the rough stories worked out for those three books but it sort of expanded like a like a concertina so the other books fitted in between what were going to be the original three books and in fact the the book that's just come out in America, The Fallen was going to be uh, the second book in the series, um, and it's now the fifth, is it? Yeah, yeah yes, <laughs> fifth. And so, what was going to be the third book is now going to be the seventh. So, I've always known that the series was going to end with a sort of massive battle between the army of the kids and the army of the adults, the uh, the sickos or the zombies or whatever you want to call them, uh, a massive sort of pitched battle um, for supremacy uh, in the middle of London. Um, the details of exactly who's going to live and who's going to die, I'm still sort of working on. Um, and I sort of I do sometimes uh, look on Twitter and poll kids. I do lots of events and sort of asking them, you know, which ones would they like to see live and die. Um, but I get a very different response for all of them. So uh, I'm going to have to do the old-fashioned thing and make the decision myself as the <laughs> as the novelist. But you know, uh, some kids even say they they'd like the army of the adults to actually win the battle. Um, that just shows up their sort of uh, love of gore and gruesomeness. Um, 
but uh, yes, so it, it's. I think you know. I'm hoping that as I write it, that those decisions will present themselves neatly to me. Now, uh, the first book, uh, The Enemy, came out in, at least in the U.S. in uh, 2010, which was a few years after uh, some films like 28 Days Later and Shaun of the mm-hmm. Dead. I think helped spark a resurgent interest in zombies a bit, um, but also before the arrival of a show like uh, The Walking Dead, which has done you know it's been a, kind of a hit over here. Um, are you? personally like sort of a long-standing fan of the horror genre either newer films and series or classics oh i mean uh, totally yeah i mean i I was a you know a a teenager in the 1970s which was the which was a golden age for horror films um before they sort of went mainstream and and you know i suppose it was jaws that that changed all all that, that that stopped horror films being a sort of grubby B-movies and turned them into high market sort of uh, blockbusters. So, you know, it was a great time for horror. And, you know, I remember watching Night of the Living Dead for the first time in the mid-70s. And it was the first zombie film I'd ever seen. Well, it was was the first one ever made. Uh, So there weren't any others around. And I was absolutely blown away by it. And and quite freaked out. It's a very disturbing film, mm-hmm. and I've been a big fan of um, zombies ever since, and a, and a big fan of, of horror films. And I've I've always kept up with them. And my eldest son is a big fan of horror, so we like watching the movies together. So uh, when I'd finished doing the Young Bond books, I thought, okay, I've I've done kind of action adventure uh, genre. What's another genre that would be good? to do for kids and the obvious choice for me was to do horror i just thought that that's the way to go i, I figured that if i could really scare a kid reading my book if i could if i could scar them for life and then then they would always remember where they were when they read that book and the book would always stick with them so um and i've tried to put the sort of intensity into the books and and to recreate the experience I had as as a as an older teenager going to watch um, watch the movies back in the nineteen seventies. Mm. And were there some books that had a similar impact uh, like that on you in terms of ones that maybe scarred you or maybe just left a big uh, you know enduring sort of impact that stuck with you? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was the, it was probably the films more as a teenager. I, I didn't read a lot of horror. There was a, there was a great um, series, a sort of uh, collection of horror horror stories I, I, I don't suppose they were, it would have been published certainly in the same format in the States but mm. the, they were called the Pan Books of Horror um, Pan was a very big uh, paperback publishing thing and they were quite sort of schlocky and gory and they were the sort of books that teenagers weren't supposed to read but they'd sort of read them uh, secretly and, and pass them around they were, there was something sort of uh, grubby and uh, forbidden about them so they were good but um, I mean I certainly remember reading The Shining for the first time which had a really big impact on me I, I think Stephen King's a great writer and um, you know th- that book still when I think about it you know it, it is a very spooky book and you know it, 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 I certainly remember reading The Shining it was a revelation to me that you could make a book as frightening as a, as a film so, so I suppose it was probably reading that that turned me on to reading more uh, literary horror. Hmm. What do you think, uh, as someone who spent time in, in the, this world uh, yourself 
in the world of these books, at least for the last seven years. What do you think it is about zombies in particular that makes them a sort of enduring force in popular yeah, culture? I mean, it's, it's, that's, that's, that's an interesting question. get asked it a lot, and I'm not sure what the answer is. I mean, as you said before, you know, when I started writing the books, there, there was a bit of a resurgence of, of uh, zombie films with some of the ones that you mentioned. But since then, it, it is extraordinary just how popular zombies have become there are so many books and movies and tv series now and you know it must be the most popular thing to dress up as at at halloween or whatever um zombies have taken over and it's really interesting to kind of work out why that is you know it it, to the extent that you know i'd I'd go around schools a lot and i say to them you know zombies aren't real but a lot of people seem to think they are real And, and and i ask them have you worked out your own zombie survival plan and about a third to a half of the kids at the event stick their hands up. And, and you kind of think, do they, are they really convinced that zombies, it is going to happen? And I, I think that seems to be their appeal, that they, that they they have tapped into this sort of doomy zeitgeist we've got at the moment. I, I think the whole sort of e- economic crash and, uh, you know, the rise of, of terrorism and, and sort of uncertainty in the world that nobody's sure about right and wrong and we're all being encouraged to be frightened of sort of mass immigration and being swamped by foreigners and also the fears of, you know, disease like bird flu and swine flu uh, and, and that sort of just general sense of foreboding and all the whole sort of eco side of it as well that there is a there is a sort of end of the world feeling that gets into people and and zombies perfectly encapsulate that um you know zombies zombies are us it's our it's our fear of ourselves really in in a in a big way but also often things just become popular because they're popular and you know in five years time it'll be something else and if i knew what it was going to be I'd write a book about it now. You'd be just in time to... Uh... I'll be the first there. But, mm-hmm. uh, the, you know, you never know, you know, it, who could have predicted Twilight mm-hmm. and that suddenly, you know, vampires were going to be everywhere. So um, it's it's going to be interesting. But, you know, I think probably the zombie wave will pass because it has, it, you know, it's got so big and, and, and people get bored of these things. Mm-hmm. It has to die sometime, I suppose. Um, <laughs> so, But they will keep coming back from the dead. That's the thing about zombies. <laughs> So I'm not as sure uh, if U.S. readers are entirely as aware of the work you've done in film and television. Is that still something you're actively able to find time for? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've got, I've, in fact, I've got four big script commissions on at the moment for sort of film and TV stuff. Uh, and as is the way with these things, I, it's probably best not to talk about them too much because uh, it'll jinx them and then they'll never happen. But uh, um, no, I've... I, I sort of stepped back a bit from doing TV uh, when I was offered the young the young Bond job because um, you know it, it was great fun to do and I wanted to do it properly and throw myself into it and I also my my kids were at an age where I wanted to be at home a bit more uh, and with them because you know if you're uh, filming and, and making stuff you tend to be long hours and away from home a lot so uh, I did take a, a bit of a conscious break from doing. TV, but I, I'm itching to get back into it now, and I, and I have taken on these these four pretty massive commissions, and um, 
hopefully, uh, in a few months' time, I'll be able to talk a bit more uh, freely about them. It, mm-hmm. it might have actually happened. <laughs> okay. um, and, and I get the sense also that um, you sometimes like to encourage uh, you know, children and teens to sort of pick up a camera and try maybe doing some filming of their own. Is that is that fair to say? Uh, yes, certainly. I mean, for the last book in the series, uh, The Sacrifice, we, we, uh, we ran a competition for um, fans of the books to make their own online trailers for it it's something that we've done for for all the books now and i think publishers are doing it more and more is making a sort of movie style trailer for each book as it comes out so that you have something to look at online which is which is such an important area for for people these days um and but for the last one we we ran a competition for for kids to make their own films and we got a huge number of entries and there were some some great stuff and what really came across was what fun these kids had had uh making these films and getting their you know getting their parents and uncles or whatever to dress up as zombies and, and chase them around and that's a great thing now is you know you can make films so cheaply you know you can film it on your phone even and you can put it up there online and, and anyone can see it so I, I think it's fantastic that sort of opening up that sort of uh, democratization of of filmmaking um and i think there's you know there's going to be some interesting stuff coming out of it coming out of it mm. uh you've also written some books uh for adults in the past uh, is that something mm. you think you'd ever uh, go back to well my adult publisher used to ring me about once a year saying you got anything for me and uh i notice he's stopped now uh, <laughs> but certainly uh, certainly one day i would like to go back and and write some more for else i mean the interesting thing is obviously the series i'm writing at the moment it's horror and a, and a lot of adults do read it but um uh, yeah, I, I think something specifically written for adults, um, it would be fun. It's just, you know, I, I've been having such fun writing for kids. I've been sort of sticking with that. But I, I think when, you know, when the last of my kids has grown up and left home, I'm going to have less impetus to write for kids because it'd be that much harder because I, I won't know who it is I'm writing for. You know, I won't, uh, I, you know, these books I'm writing at the moment are very much about contemporary teenagers living in London. And I couldn't have written them if I hadn't been surrounded with kids like that. So, what to, what I what I'll do in the future? I don't know. I mean, you know, there's always fantasy and sci-fi and historical novels or whatever. But um, yes, I, I would like to do some more books for for adults mm-hmm. when I get a really good idea. Mm-hmm. You mentioned, I think, before, you know, getting out there a little bit and speaking with kids. Is that usually school mm-hmm. visits, things like that? Do you have things uh, coming up that you'll be doing? Uh, I've just done a big tour in the UK for the for my latest paperback, and I tend to do sort of big events here where they get you know, several schools together in a big hall somewhere or a theatre, talk to about a thousand kids at a time or whatever. And that's great fun. You know, it's a bit like doing stand-up. I've got to try and keep them entertained for an hour and somehow slip in a bit about books. (laughs) But, you know, it's really valuable. um, Well, it's invaluable, really, as a way of actually keeping in touch with with my readers. Um, And, you know, I I did come over to the States a few times, you know, but I I think that idea of... um, Forcing English writers around America at gunpoint seems to have uh, – it doesn't seem to be as as popular a thing as it used to be. I mean, it is a very expensive mm-hmm. way of promoting books. And, you know, every time I came over, I was just so aware of how huge America is and how no matter what you did, you could only barely scratch the surface. Um, you know, because, you know, it's much easier in England. We've got – a national press we've got uh, you know national tv stations you can go and do the one thing and talk to the one person and everyone and everyone will get it but it, it, it's certainly not the same you know in the states you've got to go knocking on every door i mean I, you know i was i was in a band in the early 80s and we we toured the states three times and 
you know, it was very much the same thing. You were really aware that, you know, those British bands that, that made it big were the ones who were prepared to spend two years of their life playing every single possible gig they could do hmm. doing the States. So, and I, and, I, and I think you probably would have to do that as a writer, but I, you just never have time to actually write the books. <laughs> <laughs> it's an important part of it. <laughs> yeah, um, I know. I wish publishers would remember that. <laughs> Uh, well, well, congratulations again on the, the new book, and uh, thank you again for speaking with me. It's been great fun. Once again, I've been speaking with Charlie Higson, whose new novel is The Fallen, out in June from Hyperion. Thank you for listening to PW Kids Cast. 